Hello there and welcome to the XL Sports Podcast back again and this time we're talking about the final group of the World Cup and that is Group H. And when I say this is a tough group, this this is our group of death. I think this is most people's groups of death. How this has been drawn, we do not understand. However, we're going to have to try and discuss it and then somehow make predictions that will probably go massively wrong. Uh, my name is Taz and I am joined once again by Jack. Hello. Ready for this? Not at all. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, right, go on. Give us a breakdown of of what you think of this group. Um, I think obviously you mentioned the group of death of this of this tournament. Um, you stick any single one of these teams in into another group, and they comfortably get through, either in second or first. Um, and that goes for for Ghana and South Korea. That's how I highly I rate both of them going into this. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy difficult. Uh, like we, we were having a wee discussion before this, and it's gonna be gonna be really close like i think it's gonna be the closest group like i could genuinely see all of them winning one um drawing one and, and losing one and all them all finishing on four points or something like that like that's so that's why how close this one could be but yeah uh, i suppose we may we may start talking about it then yeah let's uh let's give this a shot and let, let's start off with the, the the big gun of the group um and that is is portugal uh, obviously, the without any problems off the pitch and no real news stories to worry about with them, uh, apart from the fact that their their big star player and, and multi-time Ballon d'Or winner has decided to come out just before the tournament and slag off his team that's now fired him, or sorry, mutually left each other, shall we say? Um, so yeah. yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, for those who don't know, has left Man United or by mutual consent, so uh, he'll be playing for a contract somewhere now. Uh, we look at Bruno Fernandes in that team. We look at Jao Cancelo in that team. Uh, they, they've got a, a, a pretty solid squad on paper, but do you think that's going to translate onto the pitch in the same way, Jack? Um, I'm gonna quickly come off and say no. Um, we've seen a lot of squads that look very good on paper, well, either this tournament or previous tournaments, and we've seen it backfire completely in the first game and. That haven't been able to switch it around to recover, and as much as I think this Portugal team's probably their their strongest in in recent times, I I, th- I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, I th- I think there's going to be too many egos conflicting. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on every single player to perform because this is Ronaldo's last dance, and a lot of the players probably aren't going to like the fact that there's that much pressure put on them because it is Ronaldo's last dance. I know most, if not all of them, probably grew up. Um, idolizing Ronaldo, but idolizing him growing up is very different to playing alongside him. Um, and you know, a lot of egos can clash. Um, you'll you'll have the talking point of, of Bruno Fernandez and and Ronaldo uh, the ex, now ex teammates. So it'll be interesting to see how that di- dynamic plays off, especially if they're both starting together. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that actually. Um, do, you, do you think that there may potentially be? A little bit of friction between those two. Obviously, I, I know that he came out and he he didn't necessarily name everybody, um, but he did, mm-hmm. you know, slag his team, saying that, you know, people are, are too weak. Almost, I think is the wording he used. Um, not exactly, but he sort of slagged them off for being pretty crap. Um, do you think that that yeah. Bruno might take offence to that? I I think he will, and 
playing together for internationals are always going to take precedence over club football. But Bruno is a very passionate footballer and he cares a lot about his club. And he's, he's put a lot of passion playing for that shirt, which a lot of people like to see. Even neutrals can, can respect to a certain extent. And I, I think that's probably rubbed him the wrong way. And if, if he can get over it and if he can put that aside to play alongside Ronaldo in this tournament, it's going to be interesting to see if, if they can and if they can work it out. But if they can't, they're not short on options to play instead of of Bruno or, or hell, even Ronaldo. But I, I, I don't see a world where Ronaldo doesn't play every single game for, for Portugal this World Cup with it being probably his last. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. And even to, you could also mention uh, Diogo Dalot, uh, a fullback uh, for both Man United and Portugal. He's maybe a bit of friction between him as well. So, yeah, Isn't, it's, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. Didn't Ronaldo um, praise Dalot though? And I'm, I'm pretty sure I seen somewhere in an interview where he said that you know he's probably the best youngster at Man United. Mm. So, so there, I I think that that although they played at the same team, I think that there's a lot more praise going his way, which you might like. But um, yeah, we better talk about other players in this might team. A, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, I, I think they they brought twenty six apparently, not just three. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so goalkeeper wise, yeah, I mean they're, they're pretty nice looking there. They've they've got Costa from Porto, uh, Rui Patricio who plays for Roma now, uh, ex Wolves. And then um, Jose Sa, who's the current Wolves goalkeeper. So, um, yeah, some good goalkeepers in there. And and looking further forward, you've got Nuno Mendes that plays for um, PSG. Is that is that right? Yep. Yep. And then like at the back, they've got Ruben Dias. They've got um, Cancelo. They've got um, Pepe, who's still going strong. I don't know how he's still playing as well as he is. Uh, Rafa Guerrero, uh, Daniel Pereira. Yeah, on paper this squad looks like it should be fine, but I, I, I yeah, I, I do wonder. Um, do you know what? We'll 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 go and discuss other teams before we discuss where we think they'll finish because I think if we did that first, yeah, th- th- then we probably would just get into a, a long discussion about how other teams we think will do. But um, who do you think might be a surprise player in this team for this tournament? Uh, for Portugal, yeah, um, it's it's really hard to call. I think Rafael uh, Rafael Liao is a good shot. Uh, playing unreal football for AC Milan's picked up a couple of player in the month awards and obviously come off the back of a, a, cha- a title winning season with Milan last year. Um, so uh, he he hasn't done much for Portugal yet, but I think if there's going to be a time for him to step up and be their breakout player for Portugal for the next. Eight to ten years, I think this is going to be the stage where he does it. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, you're spot on with the fact of him. Um, he, he looks like he's ready to become a big star. I think that's the way that I sort of view him, and I think it's a matter of when rather than if he starts to score goals and you know take the piss almost. Um, yeah, I am going to say I think one player that I, I think will potentially go from being sort of recognised to, to heavily recognised and is ISO Premier League player as well um, and that is uh, Jao Palhinha that plays for yes. Fulham um, they, they signed him in the summer for it wasn't an expensive amount I think it was like you know 20 million or something like that um, and he's been very good for them this season for anyone who watches 
you know Premier League football a lot. He's been a very very good midfielder for them. But I think this tournament, if he starts, he has the potential to become, you know, being watched by bigger clubs. I think he he's a very good little player. Um, so that that's my prediction on that one. But let's move on to the next team, and. I think we're going to talk about the team that I think is the favourite in this group, and that is Uruguay. I imagine straight away you are going to sit here for the next 10 minutes and talk about um, a, a certain striker, but um, they, they have got other players as well, so we'll, we'll talk in depth about the squad as a whole. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, and, and they look like they're very much balanced up and down the field. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would. They look like a very good squad. Um, I, I think a lot of people have put them under the radar going into this tournament. I could very easily see, see them make the semi-finals or maybe even the final if they can get a bit of luck on their side along the way. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, they've, they've got a very exciting squad. Um, uh, they've got a lot of uh, youth combined with experience, which we've seen a lot for, with the probably more of the favourites coming into this tournament. You've got Fernando Muslera, uh, who's been a long-standing goalkeeper, uh, still playing over in Galatasaray, I believe. Um, he feels like 36 one coming into this tournament. Um, goalkeepers like uh, Ochoa, that you don't really see him yeah. playing domestic football, but he, he's always, mm-hmm. you know, always see him at the World Cups, don't you? Mm-hmm. And of course, you can't forget about the, 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 the duo of Edison Cavani and Luis Suarez at the other end of the field. Um, potentially making way this tournament for uh, a young up-and-comer. I don't know if you've heard of him playing currently in Merseyside uh, for for Liverpool, Darwin Nunes. Um, this Never could really be his breakout. <laughs> <laughs> this could be his breakout tournament. He's been playing fairly well for Liverpool so far this season, but maybe this is the chance for him to take it to another level. He'll be playing with a lot of guidance from Cavani and Suarez, which can never be a bad thing. Um, maybe, maybe maybe more from Suarez, but uh, that's that's not important. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, learning under them for the next month is going to be nothing but positive for him, and how that affects his tournament and how that potentially affects him back in, in domestic level. It's going to be interesting, and I think this could be a good chance for him to to showcase his abilities on the world stage. And do you feel like that he's um, he's just picking up form at the right time because he had a very you know slow and stagnant start to the season. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the the red card against uh, Palace when he basically turned around and just headbutted Joaquin Anderson. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then he had the the ban on the back of that. But do you feel like that he, he's starting to really pick up some actual true form and show that that you know ability that he showed in Portugal that made Liverpool pay all the money they did for him? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think. Now is the perfect time for him to be going off into an international tournament because he has been picking up form and now he's, uh, is, he's coming to a tournament which is very based on momentum and form coming into it. And yeah, it's, he's going to be a very important player for for Uruguay if they do go far. A lot of it's going to be down to if he's scoring and I believe he can and I believe he will. Um, because Cavani and Suarez, as good as they are, they're not going to be playing every minute of every game uh, at their age. So, so it's going to be it's going to be important to players like Nunes and the other attacking players around them, such as a uh, Palestri, if if he if he gets uh, any game time, which he probably should. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be it is going to be interesting and exciting 
yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I'm looking at the team and do you know what? I think the thing that probably excites me the most about this team isn't even the attack. It's it's that midfield. That midfield looks yeah. fantastic. You know, you've got uh, Vecino that plays for Lazio. You've got Valverde that plays at Real Madrid. You've got Lucas Torreira, who everybody knows from, from his Arsenal days, but now plays for... Um, oh, where is he now? He's at Galatasaray, isn't he? You've got Bentacur yeah. as well. Th- that is such a good midfield that they can probably dominate games in the midfield mm-hmm. um, and then even even you know the defense as well you know you, you've got uh, Matias Vina that plays at Roma uh, you've got Rajo that Barcelona I think he's he's now I believe fit to be playing in the tournament yeah. which is good because there was sort of worry over him uh, you've got Jimenez that plays at uh, Atletico as well um, and then, you know, as as Pereira's experience in there as well. Yeah, well, um, I'd, I'd noticed Quartes. another name just now. Um, funny enough, Godin. said Quates. Yes, Diego Godin. How old is he now? He must be late thirty six. Yeah. Uh, even if he doesn't play, he's going to be a very good, experienced figure to have in that team. Like especially for those that defense, which is on the younger side. Mm-hmm. And, you and, got even another name to mention, uh, Martin Caceres. Of course, we can all remember him from his. From his Newcastle comeback, um, <laughs> thirty-five years of age coming in into this uh, tournament, another one that you probably won't expect to see him play that much, but another one that's going to be great to have amongst the youngsters and with a lot of experience in, in international tournaments. He's been in in the last th- uh, two or three. He's definitely in the been in the twenty fourteen and eighteen World Cup. I'm not sure about South Africa, but I'm sure I could probably look that up later and confirm it. But yeah, that's. It's looking like a really, really good balanced team, and it's going to be exciting to see if it does pay off, which I think it will. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this team. This, this, I, I agree with you in the fact I think this team not only gets out of this group, but I think they can potentially, you know, ruffle a few feathers along the way. Um, but we'll get to re- you know the the predictions and results soon enough on this team. Um, but for now, I think we move on to the next team. And we are going to, uh, let's go with South Korea next. Um, I, I believe a lot of people class this as a one-man team. Um, but I, 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 I would say that they're wrong if they're saying it's a one-man team because they've got some players in that team who are actually yeah, top level now rather than just one. Um, and the mm-hmm. other problem is the fact that this team, very much like the Saudi Arabia team, have a lot of players that play in their own country and I think that in itself is a, a real difficult thing to judge isn't it yeah yeah it absolutely is um we, we've seen how well that's paid off for Saudi Arabia or, um or earlier uh, in the week and that could very well happen again with South Korea playing against uh, teams that maybe aren't as well versed together such as Portugal and uh, it could help them a lot and potentially get out of this group you've got uh, some world-class players in that team as well to help push them that little bit forward so yeah it's a it's an interesting one and and it's definitely an interesting team so it's it's gonna be gonna be i'd want to say interesting again but i feel like i've said it like 50 times already (laughs) in the last two sentences but yeah it's gonna be an interesting development through this tournament to see how they get on yeah, I, I I agree with what you said at the start about the fact that this team is probably the the favourites to um, 
to go through as um it, sorry, like any of the teams can go through and, and sort of be favourites in another group. But in this group, it's going to be quite yeah. tough. And I think mm-hmm. this team probably has been dealt the worst hand of the four. I think that yeah. they may have the weakest team on paper. You know, we, we, we know that, you know, games aren't won on paper, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I do worry the fact that outside of sort of, you know, human son... Um, there's the boy that plays in Napoli, Kim Min. Yeah, Kim Min Jae. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then sort of, you know, you think of, of other players like Huang Hee Chan that's at Wolves. He's not really been firing like he did last season. He came in last season in the league and really, you know, picked, I think he picked up eight or nine goals in the course of, you know, 20, 30 games. So he did well for them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just do worry that the fact that they're maybe going to be outclassed at some points. Uh, what what do you think that they potentially need to do to to win games in this group? Um, I think it's just about working as a team. Like they know they've got individual players that can stand out, but that's not going to win you games, and that's not going to pro- progress you out of the group. And you just got to try and think the opposite of what the other teams are trying to do. Like you got Portugal, who have all these world class, expensive players, and you got to know that. Maybe you're not going to beat them for out, on pure out-and-out talent. But games aren't won on talent. And that's been proven in the past in World Cups and it's been proven in this World Cup so far already. And if any team's going to surprise people in this in this group, it's going to be them. Yeah, um, I, I, I think so. I, I think that people might underestimate them to a fault. And, you know, we've already mm-hmm. mentioned the fact that they've got some players that play in, in their home nation. I think we worked it out between the K-League and the J-League, which is Japan and Korea. They've got 16 players that play over there. So um, it, it tells you that you need to just be a little bit careful, potentially, of this team. But, um, yeah, keep an eye out on them. And I think we're, we're, we're going to gana on to the next team. Um, there's a little pun for you as well, by the way. So last two of the group, Ghana. Um, Jack, I'm going to let you start with this. What, what What's your thoughts on this Ghana squad? Oh, yeah, it's it's a very, very tasty looking team. Um, I think they're one similar to the likes of Canada and the USA that I've mentioned early uh, in past episodes of this podcast, which you can go and watch now or listen to now. <laughs> um, is that I feel like they're coming together nicely, but give them another four years and they'll come together very well. Um, they've got a lot of exciting talented players in there and uh my squad sheet is not loading up so i would like to talk about them i will happily jump in at this point then and yeah you can yeah absolutely so yeah you mentioned they've got a nice squad of of younger players that are all coming through i think they've got a very i think the word i would say is a very nice spine to the team again Uh, Mm -hmm. sort of defense have got daniel amarty who can sit and play in that center back role very well he's a good strong defender um, you've also got uh, Joseph Vaidu that plays for Celta Vigo, who again is 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 a similar kind of player. He's, he's a tough defender. Um, I'm noticing the more I look down this list, there's some very surprising names that I didn't expect to see on it. So, for example, Tarek Lamptey, um, the Brighton mm-hmm. right back that came from Chelsea. He's not played as much this season, but again, you know, he he's now playing for them. Um, and in the, the midfield, you've got. Um, 
Mohamed Kudus, uh, who is a, a Guinean that's playing for Ajax, like a, a good-looking talent. You've got Thomas Party, who is that more experienced player in the midfield. Um, he will he will command that game. I think uh, most well most games to be fair because he, he is that good at the moment. Um, yeah. And then even if you look further forward, you have got Inaki Williams in that squad. You've also got, and I want to say this one that people might not know of. Um, Antoine Semenyo, who is a young player that plays at uh, Bristol City, which, funnily enough, is Will's team, and um, he he looks like he could be a future talent. Um, so it's, they've got they've got the players there to pretend to go and do some some real damage. But um, yeah, I, I imagine you now have your squad sheet up, yeah. I do. Yes, yeah, I do. Yes, I'm glad you've now prepared. Unlike uh, you know before. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, what what do you want to say about this team though? No, I, I completely agree. They 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 have a very solid spine of this on of ah if I can speak English, <laughs> got a sol- a very solid spine to the team already. But they've got a lot of players that are young and up and coming. But and this might not be the tournament that they're they're ready to to get to that next level just yet. But I think four years from now they're going to be a top top team that everyone's going to be looking at. Um, but the, yeah, they've got a lot of t- a young talent in there. Antoine Semenya is a very good one that you mentioned. Um, only 22 years of age. If this does happen to be his breakout tournament, I would be expecting to see quite a lot of offers uh, for from Bristol City. I kinda, uh, to an extent, I kind of hope happen um, because um, in the summer, Palace were apparently very close to signing him, but it was just too close Ooh. to the deadline. But um, yeah, there is there is rumours that we're going to go back in for him, so fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that might be good, especially if this, this does end up being his breakout tournament. But got uh, players like Anaki Williams who you mentioned before and uh, Tariq Lamptey who have only recently converted to, to Ghanaian and it's going to take some time for them to gel in with a team you'd imagine because I'm, I'm not sure a lot of the current players that were in there before are going to be too happy about some some young talented players coming in and potentially taking their spots but you also look at the other ones that will be happy about them coming in because it can only further improve their team. So you got to look at it on both sides. But uh, yeah, I think if they can get it right, they could get through this group. I, but I think it's just one of those where they have been dealt a very poor hand with the group draw and stick them in probably like five out of the other eight groups. They probably comfortably get through in second. But will they do that in this group? It's hard to call. Yeah, it is. It is very difficult to sort of confirm just now. But um, one of the one of the guys that I I, I haven't mentioned that I probably should um is uh, Jordan Ayew, and a lot of people look at Jordan Ayew as a how the hell is he a Premier League player? But <laughs> I promise you, there is not a player that anybody in in the league you know in this tournament will want more than Jordan Ayew in the 80th minute because he will come on, he will cause all sorts of problems by shielding the ball, drawing in fouls, and just genuinely being that player that you hate. You know the one that just mm-hmm. absolutely annoys the hell out of you because you know that he's doing what he needs to do to keep the points for this team. And just keep an eye on the tournament. If, if, if Jordan Ayew starts on the bench, which I don't think he will, I think he'll start on the right wing, but if he starts on the bench and he comes on, just that last 10 minutes he will become an absolute there's no other way to describe it i think i'm gonna to have to say the word shithouse like it, it's it's the only way i can describe it he will absolutely annoy the hell out of teams but um keep an eye out on him as well um but i i think it's 
it's going to have to be that moment, isn't it? We're going to have to start discussing what we think of results. And I know this one's been a shorter one, but I promise you that the results will probably take us another 15 minutes because we just won't know. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and start and look at the first games, which are South Korea against Ghana. I mean, this is the two teams that we said are probably the weakest two in the group compared to the other two. How how do we discuss this one? How do we view this one? Well, I just want to stop you right there and I, I say I believe the first games of the group are actually uh, Uruguay and South Korea. Maybe and they Portugal are. And and maybe I've just not scrolled up enough, but that's not the point. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. Fine. Let's start that again. Uruguay, South Korea. It's a it's a very very good group. <laughs> no, to be, right. South Korea, Uruguay is actually a, a tough game as well. Um, I, I think this is a challenge for Uruguay to show that they are that potential force in the World Cup. Um, but again, South Korea, we, we don't know what's going to turn up from them. Um, I'm, I'm going to say to you, what, what do you think? What do you think will happen in this? I think, I think Uruguay are going to win this one, but I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as a lot of people would predict. Um, I think South Korea is going to give them a hard time especially that man at the back, Kim Min-jae. I think everyone's going to have to keep an eye on him because he's properly revolutionized Napoli this season. They, they got rid of Koulibaly and he's come in and it's been like he's he's been there the whole time. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough game for for uh, Nunes and Suarez who I, I imagine will be the two starting uh, for Uruguay and it's going to be tough for them to to break him down and get past and score. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one, but I do think it's going to be a Uruguay win. I think they're going to just edge out as the, as the winners of this one, and it's going to be a close one. I'm going to go 1-0 Uruguay. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of thinking along the same lines. I think it's going to be a, a tough one to sort of call in terms of the actual result. I, I, I feel like that yeah, the the battle between Darwin Nunez and Kim Min Jae is going to be the the big thing of the game. I think I think they're going to pretty much have a man mark system on him. Um. Uh, yeah, I I I feel like that potentially I'm I'm going to go add an extra goal in there. I think it's going to be two 0 I think that you know the creativity uh, of Valverde in that midfield is is probably going to be the little difference maker in the game. I think the fact that he will probably be able to dominate that midfield a little bit better than potentially anything South Korea could potentially offer. Um, so I'm going to say 2-0 on that. But um, I do agree it's going to be a close game regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, Portugal-Ghana. Um, now, th- th- this is going to be controversial for me, the first one of the, 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 the episode probably. You know, I'm just make, making everything else I've said in the past completely correct um, I think Ghana may nick a win in this game and I think the reason being is that they've got the pace they've got the strength, they've got that little bit of annoyance and with this being the first game post the Ronaldo saga he he's either going to come out and he's going to come out and prove a point to everybody saying I'm still the best player in the world blah blah blah, which he's not we all know that. Um, or he's going to really struggle against a, a Ghana team that are just going to properly bully him. And I think bully the team. I think they they look like a bully team. 
And I think if they do that, they come out and they really don't give a moment of notice, a moment of peace to Portugal, I can see Ghana going out and nicking a win on this one. No, I I absolutely agree. Um, I, I can see Portugal either coming into this game uh, being very confident and coming out 3-0 winners. But what I, I think is going to happen is they're going to be overconfident. There's going to be a little bit of doubt in the back of their minds because this is Ronaldo's last tournament. There's this whole saga of Ronaldo coming into the World Cup. Everything's about him. And that's going to... A lot. A few heads are going to drop because of that. And, they're, yeah, they're just going to be unprepared. And I think the, the pace from, from Ghana is going to catch them by surprise, especially with Danilo Pereira and Ruben Diaz seeming to be the, the, the starting centre-backs for them. And that's going to catch them off guard. And I think if, if someone's going to nick a win, it's going to be Ghana. And uh, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see it. So I'm going to go Ghana 1 0. Yep. I am going to put the same. Uh, I think the result wise, I completely agree. Even though I just typed in 4 0 instead. Um, there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. That would make it fun, wouldn't it? For 4 0, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> um, I was just speaking of 4 0, um, 2014, um, Germany, Portugal. Everyone's like, oh, this is going to be an amazing game. Portugal lose 4 0. No, who knows? Ghana's gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I'm absolutely spot on, and and yeah, one nil is a, a ridiculous result to think about. <laughs> um, right, next game is the one that I mentioned at the start accidentally. South Korea versus Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, this is this is tough. I am going to back. I'm going to bag South Korea to win this one. You know that. I just, I just feel like it's one of those groups. I think there's South Korea that, yeah, I, I, against most teams will probably do all right. I just think against Uruguay it's a tough game. But um, you know what? I might chuck a draw on the, the chopping field because I just think it's going to be too close to goal this one. But um, I'm going to chip back out of it and say draw. Um, what do you think, Jack? I'm I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with what you first said. I'm gonna say South Korea is gonna win it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a two-one win for South Korea. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? You know what? I'll 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 agree with you on that one. Um, I shouldn't back it what I originally said. So I think yeah, it's gonna be one of those games where anything can happen. And I think this is maybe the game that Hyunmin Son takes advantage of. Maybe the the not as strong Guinean defense. Um, and I think yeah you could potentially turn it up with this game so I, I'll, I'll agree with that um, and then the big game of the group I think um, Portugal-Uruguay you can have this one first <laughs> I'm going this is going to be probably contradict every single thing I've said so far leading up to this but I'm going to say Portugal are going to win this 1-0 and that's going to leave every team going into the final game of the group on three points. Well. Well, 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 well. I, oh, I, oh, oh, oh. I'm I, kind of leaning that way myself. And I think Portugal, if they lose the first game. It just rakes of one of those groups. Yeah, it does. It does. It really does. And, and I just love the idea of all four of those teams having the possibility of topping the group in the final game. Yeah, I, I can see it happening. And the thing is, we've not had a group where we've had 
everyone win a game yet, according to us. We're probably wrong, but that's mm-hmm. what you're saying so far. And there's two games left. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I absolutely am backing it. I think that Portugal... I, the, the thing is, I still think Portugal can get through this group. That's the thing about it. I just think that it's going to be ridiculous. But... Let's go into the last games and Ghana versus Uruguay first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go first with this one. I'm gonna say, oh, I'm gonna say Uruguay win, go through in the group. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say three nil to Uruguay. In my opinion, I think that they're gonna come out with a, a show of force, and I think yeah. Gonna, yeah. Oh no, I agree. I think unfortunately for Ghana, I think this is where they're. Their, their magical run ends in this in this group where they have this bit of belief that they can potentially top the group even if they pull off a result here. But I think Uruguay is going to give them a reality check that it's not just their time. And yeah, Uruguay, I can agree with 3-0. 3-0 Uruguay. Yeah. Um, okay. So that leaves the final game of the group stage of Portugal, South Korea. Mm-hmm. I'm letting you go first in this one. One nil South Korea. I like it. I like it a lot. I think you're right. I, I think, but I like it. I, th- <laughs> I think I think Portugal are probably one of the the best, probably the top three teams on paper going into this. But I just think it's not as easy as that. And I think the everything summed up together, the pressure of it being Ronaldo's final game. Our final World Cup, the the added pressure of him cutting ties with United is that says mutual, but you can just tell it wasn't. Um, the, the sour taste is left in the mouth of probably quite a few Portuguese players going into this. That absolutely idolised this man, and suddenly he's not the player that they he used to be, and not the player that can be as respected as much. Probably well, from 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 my point of view, anyway, or in my opinion. Um, and I think it's just going to be too much. And I think it's just going to overwhelm a lot of those young, younger Portuguese players where they're, they're looking up Ronaldo as a man to set, set an example and be the leader and just making it all about him. And that's just going to be too much for them. And I think South Korea is going to catch them off guard like they caught uh, Germany off guard four years ago. And they're going to knock Portugal out and get through the group. I like I like the narrative. Um, this for me screams nil nil draw. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It, it it really does. Yeah, um, but I don't know who would go through based on. Oh, I do know who goes through. Yeah, this this screams nil nil draw for me, and then that way Portugal would go through on goal difference. That's what this screams oh. to me as I'm sneaking. So through. it's like. Mm. It gives me like the 2016 vibes where they had an awful group, but they got through because like the best four, like third place groups got through. Yeah. But instead, now that like the, the level on points with South Korea, but they go through on, on goal difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see it. Yeah. That, like, say, we're probably completely wrong and it's going to be like 4 0 Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Where, yeah. Where's the fun in us saying that? You know, it doesn't make I, I love fun. storytelling and football. Yeah, ex- exactly. Every yeah. so often we get it right as well. You know, we've already predicted one result completely correct and we've already predicted a couple of surprise results, so we're happy. 
Um, yeah. That way, that completes our, our group stage. If if we go with the the nil nil draw, right? Portugal go through. If it's one nil South Korea, South Korea go through. Ooh, are you giving me it, or am I gonna have to flip a coin? I'm gonna give you, it, yep. but only because I know it's not it's not based on goal difference in the actual World Cup. And if we get it exactly right and it goes down and South Korea get through unless yellow cards, that will be fucking oh, hilarious. Oh man, yeah, that's true. Um, well, let, let's see. Based on based on the system that I'm using, it's got Portugal going yeah. through in second and the nil nil draw. Yeah, but um, yeah. So th- this this makes a round of sixteen, right? And if this happens, it's quite fun. I'm not going to lie. Netherlands versus the USA. Mm-hmm. Argentina, France. Mm-hmm. Denmark, Mexico. Yeah. England, Senegal. Mm-hmm. Germany, Morocco. Mm-hmm. Brazil, Portugal. Oh, <laughs> yep. Uh, Croatia, Spain. Yep. And Uruguay, Serbia. Mm, that's, now, that's very tasty now we know that's not probably going to happen because already yeah. you know, we've seen a couple of anomalies from our correct results which is we need to speak to FIFA about that but um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean looking at that so it would be like, do you know what let, let's just for the fun of it let's just actually say we won't predict the score lines because we don't think it'll happen anyway but let's you know if you had Netherlands against USA, you're probably back in Netherlands, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, Argentina, France. France. Yep. Uh, Denmark, Mexico. Well, I think that's a really close one. Yes. And if that is does end up like being the actual like match that we see, I think I can easily see that one going to penalties and either of them get through. But if it, if it I'm goes gonna, penalties, I'm gonna Mexico back... get there. Yeah. But like you say that, look how strong Casper Schmeichel is saving penalties yeah. as well. Yeah. Like he he got them through two penalty shootouts. Yeah. And was it the Euros? I'll give you that. Yeah, I think Denmark probably sneak it then. Uh, England mm. Senegal. I I I think England. England. Yeah. Uh, Germany Morocco. Morocco. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you saying Morocco are the the African beacon? Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're they're the the ones that uh, not not just African beacon the the Arab beacon as well. Yeah, that's very true actually. Yeah, um, Brazil Portugal. Brazil. I, I was going to say you're going to say Brazil all day. Croatia Spain. Yeah. Uh, I think Spain. Spain. Yeah, and then Uruguay Serbia. I would probably say Uruguay, but it's, I think it's yeah. it'll be a good match. Yeah, exactly. I think the same. I think that one genuinely has a realistic chance of being a, um, a knockout stage game. I, I genuinely think of yeah. all the games that we've got in that list, the one that I look at and think that could be a, a easily be a game is Uruguay Serbia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which would mean, because we're gonna get, we're gonna predict the final here, right? So we're gonna go mm-hmm. Morocco Brazil. Oh. Brazil. Yeah. Netherlands, France. France. Yeah, that's who I went with as well. Spain, Uruguay. 
Uruguay. <laughs> I haven't even seen them play yet, but yep, yep. I, I'm happy to go with that. Which would make this. Oh, oh I, 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 if this was to happen, I feel like I know what way it would go. But I'm gonna just yeah, France Brazil. France. Okay, I'll tell you what I think will happen. But um, yeah, England Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah. So I, I, I basically my thought was Brazil Uruguay final, but I see France Brazil. I can see really going either way. Yeah. You play that game like a hundred times. I think it ends up France win fifty and Brazil win fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So we're saying France retain. Is that what we're now saying? After slagging them off for the curse, yeah. <laughs> Or are you I don't know. I, I really don't know. Are you saying Uruguay won the uh, the World Cup? <laughs> I don't you know. know how mad like that sounds. It sounds so mad. It does. I I don't. I really don't know. I uh, I think France retain. Yeah. Like we've been slagging them off. They've got like seventeen curses on them. <laughs> but I've, uh, they just look so good. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that the fact that. that... But, Giroud was such a natural replacement for Benzema as well. is is such a big thing. Out of uh, to be honest, out of all four semi final teams, I could see any of them winning the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, like depending on like the luck of the draw from the from the groups to the round of sixteen, um, I could generally see any of them win. I could even see Spain winning. Like I, I know I had them to be knocked out by Uruguay, but I could easily see that game going either way, and then them winning the whole thing. It's like it's just it's so difficult to call. There's no clear favorite. Legitimately, but I like think you... of of that last eight, I think six of them could win it, and I I, I, yeah. I think the yeah, Dutch really you can't rule out either. I know that mm-hmm. they didn't look the best against um, Senegal in game Senegal. one. We've, yeah. we said already Senegal are not a bad team. But... Yeah, they're a tough team to break down, but like yeah. they just don't have that much going forward. Yeah, and I think if Cody Gakpo can start to sort of find his feet in, I, I, I think that Dutch team, the biggest advantage they've got is Louis van Gaal. I think that's that's the big yeah. advantage. He's a tactical genius a lot of the time. And I, I know people look at, um, you know, what he did at Man United. He's, and yeah. He's dreadful, but he's not. He's, he's a he, he strikes me like... He, he strikes me like in the same sense as Rafa Benitez, like they're very similar managerial styles. Mm-hmm. And I think Rafa's just worked out better than Van Hal because the mid 2000s was a was a different era. Yeah, uh, the 2010s evolved a bit more, a bit more where it didn't really work in club football, but you can see it working out well in international. And I think that's what Van Hal's style of football is made for. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you're spot on there. Um... But I, I say, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're pretty much done with Group H. We've, we've made a prediction. We're saying that, that yeah. fans are going to retain the World Cup. So you've heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, go and put well, money we've, on it. we've made that prediction now. But I think once we get to December 2nd and all the groups have finished, we can we can have another go. 100%. Once, once the round of 16 has been decided. Yeah, because we can then reevaluate everything and go again. Um, ultimately, yeah. though, so I think now we've done the groups, we're going to have to have some other podcasts. Um, I think listen probably over the weekend we're going to record another podcast to review what's happened in the first set of games um between everybody and then we're going to try and get 
hopefully one out every sort of three or four days to keep the entertainment mm-hmm. going. So for those who are listening, thank you for the support. Please free, you know, feel free to spread the word. Let people know what we're doing here. You know, let them know about this podcast and uh, hopefully we're entertaining yourselves and you know keep us informed give us feedback we, we like feedback we like to know what we can do better and uh yeah thank you thank you for the support so far but uh from from jack from myself it's uh thank you for this and um make sure you listen to the rest of the episodes and uh yeah thank you very much bye